Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Outnumbered. I believe this is episode three. I believe that is correct. (laughs) All right. Well, this episode is going to be about internships and how to do it right. Um, It's crazy because I felt like some of this information is self-explanatory or things that you should know, but a lot of people actually don't know the information that we're going to be sharing. So we hope that you're able to take in this information on your next internship, externship, whatever opportunity, and hopefully secure a full-time position afterwards and just really be able to grow with us. So Kels, you ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. You can, I guess you can take us off with number one. (laughs) With number one? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like where I wanted to start was just kind of talking about like what an internship really is or like what we associate with it. I think everyone has their own definition of it. I mean, I have had more internships than I can count. Well, actually, no, I can count to that because it's single digits, but (laughs) (laughs) um, pretty much my entire sports experience has been internship related and none of them have been the same. Like each company has had a different approach. And so I think that's important um, when you're going into the internship is kind of figuring out how they structure it because there are some that you know, have structure and some that don't. And it's, it's a key thing for me because I found I tend to be more successful when I do have some type of system already laid out, whether it's, okay, well, this is the role that we have for you. This is where you're going to fill it. Cause at least then you know what you're supposed to be doing. And then you can build on there and be like, oh, well I enjoy this, but can I, you know, also include maybe do some media or do this as well. So I think it's always a good building point. And I've always been more successful with the structure as opposed to not, cause I've been in an organization that was like, so what are you interested in doing? And it's like, well, I, I don't really know what I don't know. So <laughs> like, can you help me out here? Um, so definitely for me, it's important to kind of see the structure of the internship. And another big thing <laughs> with internships now, I know a lot more are paid than not paid, but you know that can be a deal breaker. Um, obviously, I prefer a paid internship, but I worked at the Virginia Tech athletic department for two years doing an unpaid internship, and I wouldn't have sacrificed for it. But because of it, I did have to get an additional job to be able um, to continue doing that. So just be aware of your situation and what you're able to handle. I know people have missed out on opportunities because they just aren't able to do an unpaid internship. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Alice? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And just to your point earlier, because I think you said that there's more paid than unpaid internships. I feel like in sports, a lot of the internships, you're more likely to come across ones that are unpaid rather than paid. That's true. Well, yeah, I would say <laughs> because I've seen some, especially that kind of work around the system and they're like, well, we're not going to pay you money, but we'll give you some sort of trade in payment as of like, oh, college experience. This helps. See, I consider that unpaid because, <laughs> <It I've, is> paid. <laughs> yeah, because I've had that um, experience as well. And honestly, you're kind of spending more money because then you're not even, you're like paying for an internship because you have to pay the university in order to get those college credits. So it's kind of like you're paying for your internship in a way, or at least that's how I looked at it. So personally, I don't look at those as paid, um, pay, 
a paid internship to me is you're putting money in my bank account and I'm getting a direct deposit or a check every month. I don't consider it a paid internship if I'm getting college credit or if I'm getting, but yeah, no, that's kind of my take on unpaid and paid (laughs) internships. So I guess I'll alter my earlier statement. What I meant by there being more, I would say in reference to 20 years ago where it was very hard to find a a paid internship. And actually, like professionals I've talked to, they kind of, I don't want to say are stuck in the past, but they kind of, you know, look down on people coming in. And a lot of us do feel entitled, I would say, to getting paid. I mean, you're doing work. You should be compensated for that. And there have been professionals being like, oh, these youngins, man, back in the day, none of these internships got paid and we put up with it just fine. And it's like, I know, I understand that, but like, it's a new time and the cost of living has also increased. And for us to be able to, you know, survive, we, um, we do need to be compensated for that. So yeah, I would, I would change it to saying there's definitely been more growth in terms of paid internships, but within the sports industry, you will for sure still find many that are not paid. Um, Yeah. And to go off that, I actually read an article on LinkedIn the other day. Um, I can't think of the specific article or who posted it, but it was saying how unpaid internships, well, I've been seeing a lot more on LinkedIn where people are very upset (laughs) with unpaid opportunities just because a lot of people (laughs) kind of have to miss out on that opportunity because they can't afford to be working for free because at the same time, that's your opportunity cost of making money somewhere else. And a lot of times people do need money because you need money for food or for gas and it has to come from somewhere else. I think, too, working in sports, especially in the beginning of your career, it is a hustle. Like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah, it is a hustle because you probably have this unpaid internship, but then at the same time, it's an amazing opportunity. So it's very hard to say no when you get presented with those opportunities. So a lot of times people are working another job or two or three jobs to kind of make up for that time or they're working throughout the night and you're just really out here hustling to make sure that you have this opportunity and you're able to kind of leverage it and hopefully it leads to either networking opportunities or a full-time opportunity. But I do think more, and this is completely off topic, but I do think more internships should be paid. That way it kind of levels out the playing field for a lot of people because sometimes people can't afford to not be compensated for their work. That is very true. I have lived that life. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I too, Uh, Kelly, I too. (laughs) But even, and even though like, I know you'll come across positions that do get paid, most of the time it is a minimum wage. So even then um, it is so hard to make that cost of living. But to um, get back to the point or to flow into the main topic of our episode today, most to get the full-time position, most organizations are going to be looking for that internship experience. So we wanted to help you maybe get a step ahead of the game Um, because I know I've seen people out there getting internship opportunities still, and that's great. That's amazing. Um, We just hope we can help you out um, and make the best of it. So we'll start off with our first kind of tidbit our little note that you should think about is well that what we just did the first tidbit because the first tidbit is paid and unpaid internships and structure <laughs> so the yeah, second topic to be honest um <laughs> mentioned how I really couldn't count earlier so that's you're seeing that firsthand yes yeah, so hard people 
All right. So the second topic is how to get the most out of your internship experience. I'm just over here in timeout for a minute. <laughs> so to keep it going, um, the first thing we have is start off on the right foot. So with that meaning, research the company. You should already have done this prior to your interview, of course, but make sure you're researching the company. I like to research to also use that information in my interview when I'm asking them questions. I like to do specific questions or try to get numbers, if I can, or percentages. That way they're like, oh, she really cared. Like she went a step and beyond. You know, of course you ask those questions like, what are the culture? Um, what does the day-to-day look like? But if you can get as specific as possible with your research and kind of find a way to show them that, I think that that is amazing and will kind of put you a step above everyone else. Uh, definitely. And I mean, even though, I mean, Hollis talked about going into your interview, even things such as like, so if you're going into a collegiate athletic department, you're working for marketing, like maybe research the conference that the school is in, who are your opponents. Maybe look at the upcoming schedule you have for that season so you know what teams you'll be facing. You can even research on social media and see what promotions they've done in the past and think about what you could do in the future in case you know they do ask for your opinion. Um, so it's little things like that that I think can really um, put you, like Hollis said, above and beyond. I mean, just a general understanding of the industry that you're going to be working in. Look for any like buzzwords. Um, the company itself, maybe they had some like big thing happen in the news lately, or even your boss. Kind of look their background, see where they came from, and maybe you have a shared experience, and that'll help you connect. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a story on what not to do. <laughs> So with um, the athletics marketing internship at Virginia Tech, one of the interview questions that they asked us was, what is your favorite promotion or marketing promotion that we put on? I had no idea. I <laughs> I didn't know what a promotion was at that time. I just looked at her. I said, oh, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> and then I kind of just pulled something because I know Virginia Tech, we do like the um, the maroon effect. And one time they put like Coke towels on the bleachers of a basketball game. Yeah. And so I said that. <laughs> so that is an example of what not to do. Please be aware of the job that you are applying for and be as knowledgeable as possible of all of the promotions, everything that that de- department puts on try to get at least some ideas. So if you don't, if they do get too specific with their questions, you're able to kind of finesse something. But overall, like try to have a better idea rather than nothing. <laughs> yeah, because no, nobody wants to be the person there sitting there with the awkward silence. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, practice figuring out ways to say you don't know. Um, cause I think I've had that happen to me before in an interview. I can't remember exactly, but I will say, I don't know in a minute. Cause I'd rather say, I don't know, than try to BS something. And then they look at me like, girl, what? So I'd rather be like, actually, I don't know, but I can find the answer for you. And then when you do your thank you email or thank you letters, I always put in the answer. If I didn't know it during the interview, I'd be like, and I have that answer for you. And then I'll put it in my email to let them know, you know, I didn't forget It was on the top of my mind. And it shows, I guess, your research skills outside of it. It's like, hey, you see how quick I found this? (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's my little two cents. Yeah. And, I mean, it definitely showcases that you're willing to go the extra mile and that you are very dedicated um, to getting that position and that would roll over into doing it. So, I mean, definitely a good tip. Um, So, on top of that, not only doing your research, but making sure you look the part as well. 
look Ooh. professional, dress for success. I know as people like to uh, <laughs> phrase it as. Um, and then another good thing that I've discovered and I would prep you for is everyone has a different different definition of what business professional or business casual is. So don't be afraid to ask. Um, I know that like when I was working at tech, business casual, we could wear tennis shoes as long as they, I mean, they were nice looking tennis shoes. Like you have Nikes or like brands, but then when I went to grad school and it was business casual every day in class, like tennis shoes did not fly. So make sure you are confirming what fits within that definition. Um, so you're not showing up unprepared. Yeah. And if you're not comfortable with asking beforehand, um, it's definitely better to be overdressed than underdressed. So even if it's your first day, I would go in your best business professional. And then maybe the days after that, if you see it's a little more relaxed or a little more casual, then you can do that afterhand. But I would, for me, I'd rather go in in a blazer on the first day and then see everybody in jeans than go in in jeans on the first day and see everyone's in like a full three-piece suit. So definitely be over-prepared than under-prepared for that statement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can't can't stress that enough. <laughs> um, but um, the next two things I would say um, fits within what Hollis described as kind of being common sense. Um, but we felt is important because I've seen it happen. Um, number one, be early and ready to work. Um, if you're not early, you're late. I mean, I had a professor who he already told us he was like, if you guys show up after class has started, don't even walk in. I don't even want to see your face. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there are definitely people who out there who, I mean, take punctuality very seriously. Um, so don't don't push it. Yeah, and it is. I've seen, um, you know, those posts on Instagram where they say things that are in your concern or you can't teach, not your concern, but things that are in your control that you can't teach is like punctuality, hard work, dedication. These are things that can't be taught that will kind of push you over the lever. Um, over like other competition because everyone can be taught graphic design. Everyone can be taught marketing. Everyone can be taught um, STEM or engineering, although it's very hard to be taught that you can be taught. But things like being early, working hard, having a positive attitude, those things can't necessarily be taught. Those things you have within you and you just have to want to do that. Those are the definitions of a hard worker and that's what people are looking for. Because I mean, at the same time, although you are an intern, you want that full-time position or you want that letter of recommendation or you just want a push from the opportunity. So you want them to know that you're willing and ready to do whatever it takes to move to the next level. Exactly. And then like another common sense thing that, kind of puts you, I would hope that everybody would do this, but I mean, we both, I think Hollis and I both have experienced it. Remember people, uh, especially their names, if you've met them before. I mean, you can access that information. Most people have like their staff directory on their website. Um, if you forget it or if you're unsure, like just go check it again. Because mm -hmm. when you have met someone, but then you don't remember their name and you accidentally maybe miscall them by a different name, it sticks with people. Yeah, I, I definitely remember when people don't remember my name. So that is a very key tip. And then they say something that helps is once you learn someone's name, they say you, you're supposed to use it, what is it, two or three times in a sentence? And then that helps your brain remember. So like if someone says, 
hi, I'm Brandon. You're like, hi, Brandon. Nice to meet you, Brandon. What projects do you work on, Brandon? Oh my, that seemed a little excessive. That's a lot of Brandon. (laughs) Whatever it takes for you to remember, I am... I'm not good at remembering names. I will go ahead and say that. It takes me a few interactions in order to remember your name. I try very hard, but names, especially when you're in a new company, because everyone has to remember one or two names, depending on how many interns there are. And then you have to remember 30 to 100 names. So it gets a little overwhelming and people definitely understand that you you can't remember everyone's name. But I will say the main thing that you shouldn't do is call someone's the wrong name. If you don't know their name, don't don't try to like give them a name or say what you think it is. Like be if you're going to call them something, be confident that that is their name. Don't call them the wrong name. And then something else, if you've interacted with this person numerous times, I'm going to go on a limb and say, don't ask them for their name. Like if you have a friend where you can say, hey, I kind of forgot their name. What is it real quick? I would prefer that. Whereas if I'm talking to you every day and then you have the nerve to ask me what my name is, I'm just going to be like, dang, man. Like, I don't know. I feel like you should ask if you have an office friend, I'd go to them first because I used to go to Kelly all the time and be like, hey, um, what is their name? Because I kind of forgot. And then I go up to them and be like, hey, how's it going? as if I knew them. So find an office friend too, if you can't remember people's name. <laughs> yeah, use your resources. I was about to say, I had to get really good at it just because working with the Yankees on the field, like there would be activities we would do with kid, like seven kids. And I was like, I'm not going to be that person who like gets the first four and forgets that fifth kid. Yeah, you are really good with names. So, oh, and it's also, I, I don't know. I think that's always just like a pet peeve of mine when people don't get a name right or like messed up my name so I I go the extra mile to make sure I remember it yes I don't I don't remember much else but I try and remember their name (laughs) um and then just to like cement all of that make sure you're maintaining that first day attitude the entire internship so like all the things that we've already told you and all the things we're going to tell you make sure you're continuing to do that because I know you can kind of get in a groove and get relaxed and forget, maybe not feel like you have to give 110% every day, but do. All right. So the next topic, our number three is to get to know your team. So that is your boss, coworkers, interns. Everyone has a specific work style and flow. So it's really important that you get to know them, get to know their managerial style. That way you can kind of anticipate what their needs will be. And that way you can just go above and beyond. It's so much better knowing what they're going to ask for or knowing how they like things delivered. Like if they say, They want a list of possible partners and you know that they really like PowerPoints. Even though they said a list, why not go above and beyond and make it like a list and a PowerPoint or just, I don't know, kind of fit into what you know will set you apart. And especially if it's not going to take a lot of time. Most of the time going above and beyond is, I don't know, a couple extra minutes or just making sure things are color coded or easier to read. I think that's always really important. And honestly, I can't stress that one enough. Making sure things are easy to read and understandable, please make sure you do that. That is prime in getting to know your team because if you can explain it without having to explain it, I think that that will make everyone's life a lot easier. Definitely. I mean, even going beyond that, just getting to know like your fellow interns, your other coworkers on the team, or your boss, like in long term is 
ideal um, because even though, and I'm, we'll talk about this later, but even though that internship, internship is going to end those relationships won't mm -hmm. um and they could maybe lead to an opportunity that you don't see right now i mean fellow interns alone yeah they're all on the same level as you and i know maybe when you're interviewing you kind of see them as competition because you're trying to prove yourself you know above the rest but really see them as your teammates i mean they're there to help you you need to rely on each other i mean look at hollis and i i mean we were interns together and it's fascinating because we didn't actually really become close friends while we were at tech mm -hmm. and we worked there and until we came to Charlotte and found each other again at ESPN and really got to know each other. And it's like, you think at the time, I, I mean, I still remember thinking at tech, I'm like, I'm never going to see this girl again. Like yeah, what are the odds? The and then boom, God was laughing in my face that day. I'll tell you that, but uh, <laughs> you, you really never know. And like one day a fellow intern could, you know, possibly be in a position to hire you. Mm -hmm. um, so just remember that you are fostering those relationships and staying connected and not burning any bridges, even if someone like messes up or really screws you over or anything. Like, mm -hmm. just remember that down the line, like it could come back to bite you. So just keep that in consideration as well when, you know, you are getting to know your team and learning more about them. Mm -hmm. That is very important. All right. Well, we will move on to the next bullet point. I'm going to stay away from numbers because as we've covered, I can't <laughs> count today. Um, but so I think this is honestly one of the most important um, attitude is really important. So make sure you're treating this internship like it's a real job. I don't care if you're rolling T-shirts, if you're picking up trash, like there's a point to it. They wouldn't give you a job if there wasn't a point, even if they're asking you to get coffee. I hope they're not. But if they're asking you to get coffee, like they need that coffee so that they can do their jobs. And mm -hmm. if their boss is happy, then your life will be much easier. So mm -hmm. no matter what they ask you to do, take it seriously and do it as well as you can. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think with internship positions in the moment, we see things like getting coffee or folding t-shirts as tedious jobs. And we're just like, why are we doing this? I don't want to do this. But at the same time, you're kind of proving that you are reliable and that you are dependable because if you can do that, then they're going to be able to trust you with more responsibility, with more projects, with more, I don't know, just opportunities that will be able to really leverage what you want to do. So even if it's in the beginning, I've actually had someone tell me that um, on interviews for different positions where they say, in the beginning, you are going to be doing this tedious work, but it's like, we want to make sure that if you handle that, then we, you can handle anything that we give you. So just make sure that although it may seem trivial in that moment, it does lead to the bigger picture. And like Kelly said, even if it's something as simple as making your coworker or your boss's life a little easier easier, then please be willing to do that because it's going to come around full circle. Yeah. And it just shows that they can rely on you, um, which actually goes into our next topic it is being reliable, mm -hmm. be the teammate that they know they can go to you for anything. I remember that was like the biggest feedback I got from tech was I was always there. I mean, it helped that I was from Christiansburg. So when people were out of town, like they always knew I could cover them. But even then it's like, people always knew they could go to me and I'd be there for them. I don't care if it was like covering them for a shift or if they just needed ideas or if they really needed anything. Um, but 
on the other side of that, make sure you're not over committing yourself. Be self-aware of how much you can handle. Mm-hmm. That is like a conversation I've had to have with a couple of people because I do tend to struggle to say no mm-hmm. a lot. So I'll be like, oh yeah, I can help you. Oh yeah, I can do this, this and this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, um, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're not over committing because it's better to tell someone no than yes and then fail to meet the expectation because you just could not do it since you were overloaded. Yeah. And it's like I have the same problem as Kelly, but in a different way of overcommitment where I just want my hands in everything and I want exposure to everything because for me, internships are a way for you to try a bunch of different things and figure out what you like and what you don't like. So that's another thing is I get very passionate about a lot of different things. And then some of the things that I've been working on in the past um, kind of, I don't know, fall through for lack of a better word. I can't think of a better word for that. So that was something that I really had to work on and overcome over the years is not being able to overcommit myself, like Kelly said, and knowing what your limitations are. I feel like that's very important when you're starting off your career because you don't want to be that person that's always dropping the ball. It is very important that you do not want that label because once you have that label, it is very hard to get rid of it. And word those negative connotations are going to travel around the office very, very quickly. You get news about bad coworkers quicker than you get news about great coworkers. So it's very important that you know your limitations, you don't overcommit, and then you're being that reliable person that people can come to for literally anything. That feeds well into our next point, which is exceeding expectations or taking the initiative. Um, When your tasks are complete, ask for more. Like no boss is ever like the worst they can say is no, like we don't have anything right now. But the fact that you're going to the effort to say, Oh, I finished this. Is there anything else I can help with? Like not as only is that feeding into like being reliable um, as we've talked to, but like, it just shows that you care and you want to help, um, which is always what um, people are looking for mm-hmm. and feeding into anticipating needs before you're asked. Like we talked before. Um, if you know something is coming down the pipeline and it's your responsibility to prepare it, like start on it before you're even asked to do so. Like if you already know, like you've done the marketing plan and you know the next step is maybe reaching out um, to coaches or this and that to get feedback from them before you go to your marketing contact, like go ahead and do it if you know that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Try and, you know, limit the amount of times you're going to your boss because yeah, it's good to ask questions and it's good to keep them in the loop and communicate. But at the same time, you don't want to overload them with information Mm -hmm. and you don't want to keep them from doing their job just because you're like, Oh, how do you want me to do this? Should I write the email like this? No. What? Mm -hmm. How should I do that? Yeah. So definitely make sure you're considering that as well. Mm -hmm. And something that I try to do is rather than asking questions continuously if they do give me a task and they say, do you have any questions? And I'll say, not right now. Let me look over it first. And then I'll come back to you with the questions that I have. That way I'm not coming up with different questions every time I have a problem. So it's like I try to get the task, look over it thoroughly, make sure I figure out what I don't need, what I need, not what I don't need, but what I don't know, what I kind of need more clarification on, if I have any questions, and then kind of create a list. And then being able to go back to my manager or supervisor and say, okay, these are the things that are a little unclear. Um, how should I move forward? And then honestly, a lot of people, even with questions, they like solutions rather than problems. So even if you do have questions, it's better to be like, hey, so I was a little confused about this, but this is how I was going to attack it, or this is how I interpreted 
of what you wanted to get done. And this is what my solution was going to be. And then from there, that way they can say, oh, actually, no, this is a better way or no, you're in the right direction. I think it's always better to go to someone with a solution rather than being that person that's just problem, problem, problem. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? It's okay if you genuinely don't know because that's going to happen. You're not going to know everything, but at least try to figure out some way to solve the problem or some way to answer the question. And then going back and asking to clarify or make sure you're going down the right direction because you don't want to do it wrong. It's better. (laughs) It is so much better to ask questions and get information than to do it all wrong. And then you take it back to them. And then they're just like, what the heck is this? Like, this isn't what I asked for at all. Cause then you just wasted everyone's time. You wasted all of your time doing it the wrong way. And now you're going to have to go back and redo it. And then you kind of wasted their time because they've probably been waiting on you um, to do this task. And then, so now it's just like, now I have to wait even more because you have to go back and correct the mistakes you made because you didn't ask the right questions. So also make sure that you're asking the right questions too. And then on the other hand though, um, which is a good segue into our next point, I think it's important to remember that we're all human and that we're all going to make mistakes. But I think the key factor that really separates, um, the successful individuals from those who aren't as successful um, are the people who take those mistakes and turn them into growth opportunities. Um, I know I've made plenty of mistakes, especially when I was working with the Yankees. It was a huge transition from going to working with a marketing team at Virginia Tech to then essentially being the sole marketing team, <laughs> the one person uh, with the Yankees, since it was kind of a smaller organization. And it was very much trial and error. I mean, I had an issue with a frozen t-shirt contest where <laughs> I guess I didn't do enough prep time. And so when the kids went to then tear apart the t-shirts for the game while they were on the field, um, it was more like they were trying to tear apart a block of ice, which, you know, it doesn't work. So that, <laughs> that was always a fun experience. Um, especially, you know, when you have 3,000 people watching you live. And I think that definitely taught me about preparation and making sure you're trying your promotions before you go into it. Um, But also just thinking on my feet as well. I mean, I was on a microphone. I had to be very aware of the words that could slip out of my mouth and then be magnified to the rest of the crowd. But I mean, just other things too, in terms of like working with my, my teammates. I mean, we didn't always coordinate things as we should have. And but by the next game, we learned to make, make up for it and we adjusted. So I think that is a big signifier of people who want to get it right. You may, you're going to make a mistake. You're not perfect, but you're going to learn from it or hopefully learn from it. And our next point, which kind of goes back um, into like taking the initiative and asking questions, you also, you also should be comfortable enough to ask for what you want. Like maybe your internship right now isn't exactly what you thought it would be. Or maybe you are curious about other aspects of the business. Like don't be afraid to go to your boss and ask for it. Say, hey, like I really saw, you know, so-and-so doing this, or I saw this aspect of the game production. Like, can I learn more about that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, don't be afraid to ask for that. Mm -hmm. And make sure you're asking them to even connect you with people that are within the organization, whether that's 
a job shadowing or asking to get lunch with someone to kind of get to know their position a little bit more and even their department. So I think that's another way to really utilize an internship. You don't have to do what you're called there to do. An internship is for you to kind of explore all possible options. So of course you should give your job and your daily task 110%, but at the same time, you're there to network. You're there to learn more about different departments. Definitely ask for what you want. If you want to experiment more with some with a different department or someone else, ask for it. They're not gonna. Well, they might say no. I'm not gonna say they. They're not gonna say no because I don't know who you work for or who it is. But most of the time, people are there to help you, and they want to help you. They want you. They want to help you figure out your goals, your dreams, your journey. And so I think it's very important to ask for what you want. And it's a good way to implement it early because no one's a mind reader. They're not going to automatically know that you're interested in graphic design, even though you're a communications intern, or they're not going to know that because you're an engineering intern that you kind of want to dabble in social media. So make sure that you're able to speak up and really utilize every aspect of that internship. Yeah. And then kind of segueing into our next point, not only should you be asking for what you want, but you should be asking for feedback as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we've repeatedly said, this is a learning opportunity and it really shows maturity when you're the first person, you know, to start the conversation and be like, Hey, um, you know, I've been working here for a few weeks now or a month or so. Like, can you give me a little feedback on like how I've been doing or like where areas for improvement? Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, although it was a class requirement because I was doing kind of a business leadership while I was at tech, like I set monthly meetings with my boss where we would just meet for like 30 minutes and talk it over and be like, okay, well, this is what we did. This is where I felt comfortable. This is where I thought I had areas of improvement. Mm -hmm. What did you see? Like, did you agree? So I think just trying to create that open communication will really show you. Cause I mean, I know there are things where I feel, I mean, I'm my worst critic, So I always think that like I could do better at like everything that I do. And so it has been nice to like get feedback and be like, oh no, like that was really great. Um, Because I, like I said, I I always think everything I do can be better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And honestly, it goes into our next topic of make sure that you're able to challenge yourself and try new things. Don't just, well, this kind of goes into our overarching ideas. So I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the topics that we've talked about overlap. And so just make sure that you're able to go outside of your comfort zone. Don't just do your assigned task or things that you're really good at. Like learn something else, learn a new skill, be able to really grow and develop in that opportunity and come out with another skill. Always become better than what you went in with or always come out with a new skill or a new opportunity or a new perspective than how you went. Exactly. I mean, I would say this podcast itself is a big challenge for me. Um, I know Hollis had more experience, I would say, with public speaking than I did going into this, but like I've definitely went in with an open mind and have been trying my best. And I hope that shows for you guys listening. Um, But it has been a huge step out of my comfort zone because I live under a rock and I prefer to keep (laughs) my opinions to myself. I like, you know, the little corner of the room where no one's looking. Mm -hmm. Um, But it has, it's definitely rewarding, Um, especially when you do get like positive feedback and you're like, oh, I didn't know I'd actually be good at this. And then when you discover that, you know, you actually have some maybe skill for it, then it pays off. 
Mm-hmm. And although Kelly said I have a little bit more public speaking experience, I really don't. Um, that was another reason of why I wanted to start this podcast is to speak more and get my thoughts out more, be able to kind of formulate my thoughts and articulate that. So this has been something of getting myself out of my comfort zone as well. So you're not alone, Kelly. I'm getting out of my comfort zone too. And it honestly has been great. So you just never know what you can be great at or what you can accomplish or what, you know, the sky's the limit. So don't just limit yourself to what you are used to in your everyday life. And then so to our last topic is networking. The saying that your network is your net worth is true. I cannot stress that enough. So many people get opportunities that haven't been posted, haven't been, you know, exposed yet just from people that they know. And then people a lot of times get interviews and opportunities based on who they know. So make sure that you're leveraging your network, checking in on people. That's something that I kind of have to get better at. Um, I don't know how to casually check in with people um, that I've worked with or coworkers after an experience has passed. But then when I went to a networking event, I believe it was the Gladiator Summit, they said that it could be simply like happy holidays when the time has come or if it's just a happy birthday. So I've been getting better at that. And then they also made a good point of creating kind of like a personal email list that you can send out to your network. So that way they're very familiar with you. So when you get new opportunities, it's like, hey guys, just checking in. I wanted to update you that I got this opportunity. Hope you all are well. And then so once you add in everyone that you've met or everyone in your network to your email list, they'll all get that, whether it's happy holidays, whether that's updates on yourself. So I think that was a cool thing that I thought about starting because I had never thought about that before. So just figure out ways that you can really utilize your network and making sure that people don't forget about you, but you're also not texting them just (laughs) casually because I don't know. I don't think I would want that, but just find a way that works for you where you're checking in and you're remaining memorable in their mind. Yeah. And I mean, especially if it's at your internship, even if it's people who don't work directly, you know, with your group, like we mentioned earlier with taking initiative, like reaching out maybe through your boss to have them connect you with another department. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, when we were at ESPN, although our team was quite small in terms of the people that were actually in the building, like Hollis and I would reach out and like, we'd connect with people from the ACC network or the SEC network. And I mean, you know, it is a little awkward, but at the end of the day, most of the people we talk to there and most of the people I've met within the sports industry, like understand that it's a tough business and it's who you know that gets you to the next job. So they kind of can relate when you walk up, you're like, Hey, my name's Kelly. Like I just started here. Like, would you mind getting lunch so I could learn a little bit more about like the ACC network and what you do or like learn about your position or just you. Um, Mm -hmm. They understand like it's kind of an awkward situation, but at the same time, I've never met anyone who's been like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Turn around, walk away, never come back. Yeah, I've actually, speaking of being uncomfortable and networking, one of my previous supervisors, I think it was either my first couple of weeks, I think it was my first um, week or two, and he gave me the task of getting lunch with at least three new people. And y'all, when I say I was so nervous because (laughs) talking to people, I don't know. It's like I never know what to ask past the, hey, I'm Hollis. What do you do? Where'd you go to school? 
Okay, cool. Like, I don't know conversations and it comes more naturally when you're in this situation. So I don't know why I overthink it, but that was a really good test. So I kind of challenge all of you guys, all of the listeners, whenever you do get into your new internship, go out to lunch with three new people and see what happens. Kind of start that network and get to know someone a little better. It's way easier than it sounds. And once you do it, you're in it. So I think that that was a great way for me to get to know other people outside of my department. Yeah. And if you're like nervous and you feel maybe you can't carry the conversation one-on-one, I mean, Hollis and I definitely tag teamed it sometimes and we would both go out, you know, with the other person just so we didn't feel so stressed and being like, oh gosh, like I have to ask all the questions or I have to carry this. Like we knew if one didn't have something to talk about, the other would. So reach out to maybe another intern or another friend who's interested in the business, who would also be interested in going to uh, that lunch or that specific meetup, um, just so you'd maybe take the stress off of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have given you guys tips on how to get the most out of your internship. And so we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about the top mistakes by interns. So the first one I wanted to mention is taking the internship too casually. Um, You should be treating it like a real job. I know we mentioned that earlier. So make sure that you are treating it as if you have that full-time position and showing that you will be easily um, able to transition into the opportunity if it does present itself. Yeah. And I think you'll notice the trend that as we go through these, a lot of them do relate back to kind of the points we hit um, of ways to take advantage of the internship, um, such as the next one, which is poor time management and repeatedly missing deadlines. Make sure while you're self-aware to figure out what you're doing, and then repeatedly missing deadlines, you need to be reliable. Otherwise, they're going to stop giving you tasks, um, and then you won't really get out of the internship what you wanted. Mm -hmm. Next is not adhering to the office dress code. Like we mentioned earlier, it's better to be overdressed than underdressed, so always come overprepared for that situation. Yeah, and then after that, um, not learning the office, office culture. Um, so obviously you should always try and be yourself, be genuine, but some offices are formal and corporate while others are more laid back and casual. Um, so just try and observe how the employees behave and interact, um, which will help you fit in. Like maybe you have an office where you're not really encouraged to like joke around or be loud. Like it needs to be kept quiet or like it said with the office, um, like uh, the office dress code, maybe, you know, you do need to be more like business professional or buttoned up and like shouldn't be wearing tennis shoes or anything like that. So definitely just observe. And like we've said before, if you do ever have questions, don't be afraid to ask them as well. Mm -hmm. Next is not taking the time to establish important relationships. This goes back into networking, making sure that you leave positive impressions on everyone. I know we mentioned before how we said people remember the negative coworkers or the negative mistakes and connotations with coworkers rather than the positive ones. So make sure that you are going above and beyond and you are leaving a positive impression. Yeah. And then the next one would be not asking your supervisor for important feedback. I mean, like we did touch on, if it would help you, like I know when I get feedback, it helped setting goals that I tried to achieve throughout that internship. So then I 
when I did have conversations, I kind of knew what to touch on or what I was really trying to achieve out of the internship as opposed to just being like, so uh, what did I suck at this week or something like that? Um, So that has definitely been a helpful tip for me when having feedback conversations with my supervisors. Mm -hmm. Another tip is failure or another mistake is failure to take advantage of resources. A lot of companies offer professional journals or conferences that you'll be able to access for free within their network. And then they also do a lot of um, networking or lectures. So make sure that you're able to attend that and meet other people. So again, get out of your comfort zone and be able to fulfill all the resources that they have available. And then um, a couple of just other common mistakes that um, interns have made is you should never try to show boredom or tiredness. And I felt like it was fate that I had to share this <laughs> this note because <laughs> I am the worst at like not showing boredom. I like don't handle boredom well at all. And it's definitely something I have to work on. But I mean, if you are bored, just like we talked about earlier, try and take initiative. Maybe there's projects coming down you know, the work way that you could maybe do some research on to get ahead of the game or just, I mean, there's plenty of videos out there. Maybe you want to learn a little graphic design or just find something productive to fill your time. So your boss doesn't walk by and like see you doing Sudoku or like just looking up and staring blankly at a wall Mm -hmm. Um, and tiredness. I mean, we all suffer from it. Maybe try taking a walk during your lunch break or, you know, grabbing an extra cup of coffee. Just try and <laughs> try and have, you know, showcase a positive attitude at all times because your attitude is contagious and people feed off of it. Mm-hmm. So not only is it disservice to yourself, but a disservice to the others around you um, who could be impacted by that attitude. That is true. Energy is very contagious in the workplace, so that is something to be very aware of. And then the last thing that we just wanted to emphasize is the internship may end, but the opportunities and the connections don't. So make sure that you stay in contact just for future opportunities, for networking, and you're really utilizing the workplace that you had because it's more than just a spot on your resume. Like You will be able to use these connections for their like forward on. And then they may also need you as well. Like you just never know how life may end up or work out. So make sure that you stay in contact with everyone. Yeah. You never know. You could be doing a podcast two years from now with someone you meet. That's true. That's true. All right, guys. Well, that is all we have for this episode. We hope that we gave you a lot of good tips that you can use in your next internship or opportunity, whatever it may be. And we hope that you listen in on our next episode. So thanks for listening. Outnumbered, we are out.